Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, a show by wrestling fans for wrestling fans to talk about everything happening inside and outside the squared circle each and every week. My name is Jack Murley. I am a professional broadcaster joined every week by co-host and professional rugby player. This week, sporting a tremendous shiner. It's Charlie Beckett. What's what's on? What's happened here? What's happened? Oh, I smashed my face in, in the warm-up, didn't I? Literally the warm-up of the game. First... Um first line out we did I uh, smashed heads one of our players I then had to rush into the docks room and get three stitches in it before kickoff and rush back out just in time for kickoff but the best bit was while I was in there getting stitched up the opposition number four also got rushed into the doctor's room with the exact same cuts and had to have the exact same stitches and we both ran out a minute before kickoff just laughing like this is ridiculous both of us get the same stitches pre-game it, it was remarkable is you did get, and I don't know who took it for you, but you owe them a debt of gratitude. You got a badass photo off this with like the blood trickling down Foley style. And everyone's yeah, it's going, a good one, isn't it? It's a good one. The, the funniest bit was um, one of our players, um, Tom Hudson, he said to me after the game, he was like, all I heard was their number four and Charlie are both in the doctor's room getting stitched. And I, he's like, how they had a fight already? He's like, in the warm-up, how's Charlie fighting already? But no, it was um, it was our own player. But yeah, no, it's a, it was a... I saw that photo and I was like, ah, oh, okay, I don't often think I look cooler, but, I, but that's quite a good one, actually. It was like I'm crying bloody tears. It, it does have the look of, uh, to bring it back to wrestling, when Mick Foley or Hangman Page would punch themselves in the face before a promo and they would get that trickle of blood running down. And you see it and you go, he's a badass. And then you think, mm-hmm. how did he do it? his own warm-up before the game. He's he's a badass, and you go, ah, but he does have a professional wrestling podcast, so actually it kind of balances it out. Speaking of which, let's crack on with the professional wrestling podcast, because there's lots to talk about. November, always a busy month. Survivor Series War Games is shaping up rather nicely. Lots of reaction from yourselves to last week's show, including Austin Theory's cash-in, and whether Sami Zayn is the number one pick to win the Royal Rumble. We've had 10 years of The Shield, but we'll start with AEW returning to pay-per-view this Saturday with Full Gear, one of their big four pay-per-views each and every year. It comes to the Prudential Centre in New Jersey. Another 10-match card from AEW, headlined by John Moxley versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF for the World Championship. Biggest match they can do. A scale of 1 to 10, how are you feeling about Full Gear, Charlie? Uh, I'm not too excited for the whole card of Full Gear because I kind of see, and this might be unfair to the rest of the card because you've got Soraya coming back, you've got the return of the Elite, which, by the way, I think is a little rushed. We'll get into that. But it's a one-match card for me. There is only one thing I'm thinking about this week, and I do think it's the biggest match in professional wrestling right now. So the whole card does not have me that excited, but MJF Moxley has me at peak wrestling excitement. They've built this superbly. So... If you're Tony Khan, you got your pencil, you got your running order, you got your sheets, and you're going, someone has to go over, or we got to find a way out of this. How are you getting out of this championship match? Are you doing a clean finish? Is it MJF's time? Is it time for Mox to beat MJF? What are you thinking? I think I'm just having MJF win. Yeah. And I'd probably have it clean. I wouldn't have him cheat. I think that would diminish it. I think MJF going over clean is, is the way to go here. It's a moment, isn't it? It's very few times in wrestling you have a moment where you can go, right, here is a definitive time to put someone over and no one loses at all. John Moxley doesn't lose a single damn thing by losing clean to MJF. But MJF, 
it seems weird to say for the guy who who is one of the two who's carried the company on his back since he came back, but he gets so much more by winning clean. It, it just elevates him. Yeah, I, I see it as it's time for AEW to crown their new king. Like they've come through some rocky times with the elite and with the um, stuff going with CM Punk, and this was not where they intended to be right now because obviously they were meant to have other champions who couldn't stay as champion for whatever reason. So I think it's time to just start a clean state of this is the plan now. Like Mox was never meant to be champ right now. That wasn't meant to be what was happening. Punk got injured, then Punk got fired. I said not fired, suspended, you know what I mean? So I think it's time just to start the fresh clean slate. Mox has been outstanding and is one of the biggest names in wrestling right now. And he's at that point where I don't think he loses anything by losing to uh, to MJF. And it could seem going another direction, Adel, because I think whatever Mox is involved in is important. People will watch. And right now, apart from the MJF Mox stuff, that isn't, in my opinion, I think that is must-watch on AEW. So you go and put him in another feud, it makes it must-watch. So I think the clever business decision as well is putting MJF over. Sometimes in wrestling, you have bad decisions. Like if you go in a certain way, it is just bad. People don't want it. If Mox retains, is that a bad decision or is that an equally valid one? Do you come away from this pay-per-view going, okay, I want MJF to have won, but he didn't. Mox has held on. I can see why. Or is it a bad decision to do anything other than MJF? It's tough to say. John Moxley is hot, as hot as he is right now. Keeping him as champ is a bad decision. But I just think you've got to strike while the iron's hot and you've got lightning in a bottle with MJF at the moment. He is on a different plane to anyone in that company currently. He has the mainstream media attention. I think you have to. So it's tough for me to say keeping the title on John Moxley as good as he is is a bad decision. But in this circumstance, I think it would be. Yeah, I, I think you have to go with MJF, not because John Moxley's done anything wrong, but you need to change the narrative up a little bit from a year of turbulence for AEW. And actually, putting the title on a homegrown star is a really good way to change the narrative. However, I, I, I just have this... I just have this feeling they're not going to go this way. I just have this feeling they're going to try and stretch it out a little bit longer. And I don't know why, but if you were saying, Jack put every bit of money in your pockets on what's going to happen at the moment. I couldn't say that MJF definitively was going to go over. I think they think there's another chapter to this story. Yeah, I don't disagree at all, actually. What I think should happen, what I think will happen are two different answers. I think we'll see Mox with the belt still come Sunday morning. I hope we don't, but I think we will. How good for you, by the way, is it that it's another Saturday night pay-per-view? Because you're a fan of these. I have a Sunday game. Again. <laughs> it's the second time this has happened. This is unreal. Every time, because Saturdays work better for you because you Brilliant. don't... Yeah. And we play my game, come home. I can't sleep after games anyway because I'm all caffeined up, so yeah. I stay up much wrestling. And now, for the second time this season, it's a big Saturday pay-per-view and I've got a Sunday game. Someone out there is having a right laugh at my expense. Tony Khan, he's checking the championship fixtures. He's thinking, when's imagine, the NFL? Imagine <laughs> Tony Khan was checking the championship fixtures just to mess with me. He's going, right, NFL here. Okay, we can't run it there. Amtilla playing on this day. We can't clash with that. We're going to have to go Saturday, lads. We're going to have to book it out. Um, What we tend to see in AEW are some big surprises because they only do the four pay-per-views a year. There is no bigger surprise that AEW could spring than a CM Punk return at the moment. Now, given, and we'll talk about this later, that the Elite are coming back at this pay-per-view, if you can... 
get CM Punk back to end this night, do you do it? You put this in our show notes, and I was like, has Jack officially lost his mind? I was like, is this it? Is he off his rocket? And then I've thought about it. And yeah, it is the biggest surprise they've got. And it's all gone very quiet on CM Punk. And that would be ridiculous if he came in and cost MJF or cost Mox or cost him, something like that. I don't think that will happen, but it would be phenomenal if it did. I'm going to I'm gonna go down the, the route of mirroring here for, for AEW. Here's my prediction. Don't put any money on it. It's not going to happen. But I'll look like a miracle worker if this does happen. MJF beats John Moxley clean to win the world title in front of his hometown fans, and then MJF is attacked by a guy wearing the same getup that MJF had for that ladder match at where he won the chip, and then it's CM Punk. That's what I'm saying. And you cannot tell me you would not be... Right, whatever's happened in the past, put to one side. Tell me you wouldn't watch for a heel CM Punk versus a face MJF. Oh, of course I would. That would be print the money. Print it, print it, print it. Um, I just don't know if it'll happen, but I, I can't. I want it to now. Now you've pitched it to me, I want that okay. immensely. Yeah, well, I think it should happen. And TK, if you're listening, because we know you check when Charlie's fixtures are, then uh, make sure you book that anger. I think that would be immense. The rest of the card, as you said, there's plenty on it. The Elite are returning to take on Death Triangle for the Trios Championship. Soraya makes her return to the ring to face Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy will try and end their never-ending feud in a steel cage match. The Acclaimed take on Swerve in Our Glory for the AEW Tag Team Championship. And there's a four-way match between Brian Daniels and Claudio Castagnoli, uh, Sammy Guevara, and Chris Jericho for the Ring of Honor Championship. On paper, this looks stellar. Why aren't we feeling it? I think because we know these long AEW pay-per-views take it out of you. Mm. So I don't get excited seeing 10 matches on AEW pay-per-view cards anymore because they're just soul-destroyingly tiring to they watch. Are. They are. They're a, they're a marathon. And you can't watch it in one sitting. I, I just can't. So... I think I see 10 matches and I go, again? Now, it obviously isn't affecting their pay-per-view buys. It's not affecting their business. But for me personally, how I like, everyone knows who listens to this, I like my pay-per-views three hours under. I like the NXT model of yep. shorter the better. Two hours, 40 minutes. Give me five, six good, good matches and I'm happy. So this isn't really my jam of how I would run a pay-per-view. But we will see how it goes. So let's talk about the Elite. They return to take on Death Triangle for the Trios Championship. On paper, this is huge. This is the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega coming back to take on Pac, Ray Phoenix, and uh, I can't remember what we call him now, Pento del Miedo. Pen- Miedo, Pen- yeah. Pentagon. The big man the mass. Yeah, for all the intents and purposes. Penta. Um, you said earlier, not keen, or not, not how you'd have done it. Tell me more. Well, it just seems to have gone from really cryptic video teases where we literally were talking about, oh, what's going on? Like, like two, oh, they're back mm. in a week. And it was like, oh, was that quick, was it? Oh, they're just back. Right, right, okay. Also, this will be an unbelievable match. Imagine this match with some build. Imagine this with a few weeks. I was just like, I woke up on um, Thursday morning to see that and I was like, oh, right. No more teasing. They're just they're just back, and yeah, it just kind of fell a bit flat for me. I I think they're and look, we'll have to see how it plays out, and they are going to absolutely tear the place down. But I I was 
intrigued by the idea there might be something more driving the elite than just wanting those trios championships back. Now, let's not do what wrestling fans do. This is part one, probably, of a long storyline, knowing Tony Khan. But I have to say, I was... And we never had it explained. Like... So we never had on TV them say they've been stripped of the titles because of a backstage brawl. And now maybe they couldn't for, for legal reasons, but we never were told why they've gone. We were never told why they didn't have the belts anymore. And now they come back and they got a title shot. And it's, it's you know, it feels like we got story missing here. I don't quite understand. Yeah, it just, it all seems a bit rushed. And again, fill in the gaps with your own knowledge if you haven't got it, tough on you. It just, it's... What I have, we have said, we have issue with AW all in one place here. Mm. Yeah, it's a summary of all the things that we find. And look, at the end of the day, it's going to deliver because AW always delivers. And I, what I'd hate is for people who listen to this podcast to go, oh, they're always down on AEW. We're really not. We think competition is the best thing for the industry. We think AW gives us another thing to be talking about. But it just sometimes feels like the stuff. You know, I'd forgotten Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy were still feuding. You know, that's yeah. another one. Yeah, and, and let me go on record that the actual wrestling delivered at Full Gear this weekend will be stellar. It'll be from the best Superb. you'll see. These matches are going to be unbelievable. The Ring of Honor four-way is going to be sensational. For the wrestling, I just don't know if the stakes are built enough and explained enough at the moment, AEW. Um, that steel cage match should be great. I'd completely forgot that was happening. Yeah. Like, we haven't seen that on telly for weeks. Let, let's talk about the stakes then, because I do want to touch on this four-way match for the Ring of Honor Championship. If you were going to try and make that title feel prestigious, this is what you do. You put Claudio Castagnoli, you put Brian Danielson in there, you put the belt on Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara is a little bit of a spoiler, and this is what you go with. Does it feel prestigious to you? Because this has been a key feature of AEW television for ever since Jericho won the belt at uh, Grand Slam. It doesn't, and that's not AEW's fault. I don't think they could do any more to build this. I just can't buy into being invested in the Ring of Honor title because I've never really watched Ring of Honor apart from when people go, you must go and watch this match from Ring of Honor in 2010. You go, okay, I'll go on YouTube and find it. Um, apart from that, so I've never watched week to week of it, Ring of Honor. Like, I, why Why am I investing the Ring of Honor championship for the fact, any fact, sorry, except that Jericho's telling me to? Well, I'm not. So... They couldn't have done any more to build this. I just, I'm not invested. It's like, it's almost like being like, I, I will watch a big UFC match, but I'm not that invested in who wins because I'm not a massive UFC fan. I like it now and again. I'm not a massive Ring of Honor fan. I like wrestling. I like MMA, but I don't watch it religiously. I don't know the history of it. I don't know why it's important that Jericho wins the Ring of Honor title. Like I know it's, I know why it's important Roman Reigns regains and retains the Universal because I've watched him. So it's not AEW's fault. I just haven't watched Ring of Honor. Yeah, it's a really, really difficult one because, uh, you know, we've we've nailed our colours to the mast on this. We know other folks disagree. Um, let's talk about two things I think are going to be great. I think the whole card, wrestling-wise, is going to deliver. I think there's no doubt about that. Uh, Soraya, I'm so happy for her. I mean, whatever you think of the build to this, I just think for her to get this moment, huge crowd at the Prudential Centre approaching a million-dollar gate, she gets to return to the ring, she gets to live her dream again, and she gets to do it on pay-per-view in front of a sold-out crowd. For her personally, I just think that's going to be that's going to transcend wrestling. This is where wrestling is more than stories build. This is just great for her, the person. Yeah, absolutely over the moon for Soraya. For it's a big one for English wrestling as well. For UK wrestling, one yeah. of our huge stars is back. So big win for us. 
I think putting with Britt Baker is a genius move. She's so good in the ring. She's their biggest star. I think Soraya has to go over. She has to win this. All you hope is if she is 70% as good in the ring as she was when she was Paige at her peak in WWE, we'll be lucky and we'll be getting great matches. So I'm excited for that. That'll be brilliant. And just like you say, excited for the wrestling, excited for the industry, over the moon for the person. And then let's talk finally about the acclaimed, who who I think if MJF is the best thing on AEW television, the acclaimed are a very, very close second. And I thought they delivered in their segment with Swerve in Our Glory, their little music rap battle. They just continue... If, if we go to this AEW event in London, which we're going what do you mean if? Shall we talk about this? Because this is incredibly exciting. I'm amazed they haven't announced where it is yet. Yeah, because if anyone thinks it's anywhere but Craven Cottage, they're a Muppet. I mean... Surely. Well... He owns it. He owns it. I know. I, I, I could... That'd be like, that'd be like... Yep. Having an unbelievable holiday, holiday home on the south of France and going, we're going on holiday to the south of France, kids... And getting there, and you've decided to spend loads of money to stay in a house four houses down. Mm, yeah, no, I, I think you're probably right. I think you're almost certainly right. I could see him booking like a historic venue. You know what I mean? I could see him like somewhere with uh, a load of wrestling history in London. I could see him doing that. But the simple thing to do is do it at Craven Cottage. That is going to be the shot in the arm AEW needs at the moment. And to go back to my point, if we go, when we go to see that, one of the acts we're going to be looking forward to seeing now is the acclaimed. We want to scissor everyone around us. They've, they've got that lightning in a bottle. Yeah, they are just so hot at the moment. Like to quote um, Zoolander, so hot right now. Uh, they're just, yeah, they are lightning in a bottle. They have built themselves brilliantly. They're brilliant out the ring, brilliant in the ring, homegrown AEW talent. Yeah, they are huge, huge stars of AEW. And in a packed tag team roster, imagine a tag team roster that has FTR, the Lucha Bros, has the Young Bucks, all these huge dream teams. Imagine being the best team in it and 18 months ago, no one had really heard of you. It's huge, huge prestige to these boys. And you're doing it in a pandemic as well. So final thought on this, um, it, not cheap, cost of living crisis, everyone's affected by this, but if you've got money to spare, are you spending it on this pay-per-view this weekend? Yay or give it a miss? Yes, because I have to see MJF versus Mox. I have to see that. Let's talk about WWE building towards Survivor Series War Games in War Boston. Games. There we go. At the end of the month, uh, we know that the bloodline clashed with the brawling brute Sheamus and Drew McIntyre to end SmackDown, so we can be pretty clear that's heading towards a War Games showdown. And Damage Control, ugh, hate the name, uh, Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley will face Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Maya Yim, and another TBC partner in War Games. And this isn't that far away. We're only talking, uh, I think, the 25th of November. So this is is bearing down on us fast Survivor Series. 25th is a week today. Must be like the 26th or 27th. Yeah, then. but like either way, it's next weekend. Yeah, which is no no distance away. It's no time at all. Um, I think we are, are we all pretty confident that the fifth member of the Brawling Brutes and Drew McIntyre team is going to be K Are we pretty confident on that? Isn't he injured though? Is he? This is what I'm reading online, that he's got a niggling injury that might lead him out Ooh. of it. That'd be a shame, because I think he'd be the perfect fifth member of that team. Yeah. One Randall Keith Orton is floating about in the ether. How bad's his injury, then? Yeah, this is the thing, isn't it? That that The WWE roster is stacked, but actually for people at that level, 
maybe not as stacked as you think, who aren't doing other things, because AJ Styles is tied up with Finn Balor. Um, Edge, you know, he he's floating around out there, but injuries as well. So be interesting to see how they stack it out. But let's talk about um, SmackDown on Friday. We ended talking about the Usos versus A New Day on last week's show. No surprise, the Usos beat that record. Only way to do it. Love that they opened the show with it. Yeah, open, given the time, hot open, brilliant, really good. I love that there's still story in there with Jimmy and Jay either ignoring or literally covering their ears and screaming at the Usi chance and the We Want Sammy chance. Yeah, it had to happen, didn't it? But I'm just, I was so, like I say last week, I'm so pleased that we did the story of we don't want you beating our record, so let's have a match. And I, yeah, brilliant, all round, really enjoyed it. And then we get to that final segment not often you see a mic misfunction in WWE. I felt for Sheamus, that big... Re- and then, e- 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 could have been more. These things happen. It's live TV. Yeah, it's tough, that, isn't it? There's there's nothing you can do. No one can be blamed in the ring there. A freak accident, like I say, never, ever, ever happens. Um, yeah, it, it was a shame, but it didn't take away in any way for me. And I thought Roman dealt with it well. And I thought, actually, that the, the fact on commentary, uh, Wade Barrett and Michael Cole, when Drew McIntyre came out, kept referring back to, to Clash at the Castle, how that Drew McIntyre hasn't got his revenge. This feels like a match with stakes. And I don't know if it was yourself or someone else I was talking with a couple of months back when they announced that it would be War Games at Survivor Series. And some folks were saying, well, you, you can't have the bloodline in, in War Games. There's just no rivalry for them. This sort of feels organic. This feels like it's not been forced. You can get away with this rivalry in War Games. Yeah, it has to be a little contrived to get a five on five because yeah. there's no other stable. But it doesn't feel overly contrived. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it. Like I said, I thought we were going to get the New Day in there. That I thought that would them versus the Usos would have fed him, but it hasn't. It'd be interesting who they bring as the fifth person because that's obviously a big part of it who makes up the team. But yeah, I think it makes complete sense. And I'm really, really excited to see, as much as I loved NXT War Games, to see our real top-end elite talent in War Games. And I bet they're excited. I bet these guys are excited at the chance to compete in War Games. You mentioned the New Day. Haven't heard about Big E for a little while. Fifth member? I don't think so, because I think his injury, I think we haven't heard, because I think it's uh, broke his neck, didn't yeah. he? I think he's over a year to 18 months till we see him again, if we see him again. They can be career-ending. So I think, unfortunately, I think there's a more sinister reason we haven't heard anything about Big E. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I would lose my mind if Big E came out. But I, I think it's because I think he's having maybe a tougher recovery than we thought. And let's let's be honest as well. We, we send our best to him. This is what wrestling is about. It's about speculation. It's about trying to trying to work out who that fifth member will be. Who do you think the fifth member is for this ragtag group that Bianca Belair is putting together? Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Mia Yim, and TBC. I don't know. I saw rumors online people predicting it might be Nixon Newell okay. um, coming back. You suggested Beth Phoenix yes, to me. Yes, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Don't you think it's going to be Beth? If they've suddenly they've crowbarred in Rhea Ripley to this other... I mean, this it is a bit weird, sort of the people they're putting together in this. But if you've got Rhea Ripley in there and you're Beth Phoenix, who has already competed in the first Women's Rumble match, who has already done so much, I bet Beth Phoenix would be itching to be in a War Games match. Yeah, Beth would make absolute sense in that in that factor because she's got the feud with Rhea because Rhea did in Edge. 
and she did edge. Did in edge. <laughs> That's the best I've got for you on she that one. She did him in. She did him in. Uh, and yeah, Beth is always around for first, isn't she? And she's brilliant. So yeah, I, I could see that. That'd be exciting. I don't know. But again, it's nice not knowing, isn't it? It's nice having a bit of bit of intrigue. There's another universe in which you and I are sitting together and we're not talking about Survivor Series war games. We're talking about another battle for brand supremacy between SmackDown and Raw. How nice does it feel not to have a Survivor Series when you're going in with red T-shirts versus blue T-shirts in a battle for T-shirt dominance? Yes, it's really, really, really nice. The only time I ever enjoyed that was when NXT were in it and they won, basically. That's yeah. the only time it was ever good. And then what happened with that? Nothing. You you had NXT because it was Adam Cole versus... Adam Cole, won, Adam Cole won the triple threat of the champs and it was like, sound, back to Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, lads. Good effort. Back to your little developmental centre. Oh. Off you pop, fellas. You just dominate the main brand, but off you pop. That was such an exciting time for WWE, wasn't it? That time when it looked like NXT were absolutely going to be treated it the same way. It was when um, they got stuck on the flight back from Saudi, didn't they? So they had to call an audible. NXT invaded SmackDown. Yes. And that was one of the best shows ever. Cause Triple H was the head of the NXT invasion. It was just brilliant. Because there was the the roguish SmackDown superstars there because it was the lads who hadn't got to Saudi. <laughs> so it was like... <laughs> there was like... Uh, Curtis Axel defending SmackDown. <laughs> it, it was like if you guys all got caught somewhere and they were like, don't worry, the water boy's here to defend your honour. We've got Lynn from the club shop. She's here. You know, God bless your Lynn's out there. But it, that shows, again, so we're not talking about it and we're grateful for it, but just talking about that shows how brand supremacy stories can be really good. They can deliver if you build them right. If you have brands that are strong in their own brand. NXT was such a strong brand that didn't cross over with anyone else. SmackDown and Raw aren't strong brands because they just pop over onto each other's show all the time. So that was why that worked. NXT, you were so sure who NXT stars were, why they were fighting for NXT, and it just made sense. Mm. Back to this fifth member. I'm just throwing names at you now. Cody Rhodes. Again, he tore his peck off the bone. I'm, do you understand how injuries work? Yeah, you know, a couple of paracetamol, a few plasters, you're fine, right? These aren't but big fair, things. The fact that he wrestled with that made yeah. me stop stop thinking I knew how injuries worked. I also think John Cena has ruined what we expect time yes. for rehab to be. Because he comes back in like three weeks from a six-month injury. That 2008 Rumble return. Yep has ruined wrestling fans' expectations of how long serious injuries take to recover from. Well, he ripped his pet clean from his bone, I think, didn't he? The 2008, yeah. no mercy, and then he's back at the Rumble. So that was four months, yeah, maybe? Yeah, that was, that was bonkers. So Cody's been gone for how long? Yeah, about the same, but I'm I'm not by I'm not signing off on Cody Rhodes coming back this week. It's got to be someone. It's got to be someone. We will know uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Let's do some listener reactions to last week's show. Uh, lots of things were on it, and lots of folks getting involved. Let's do a couple on Austin Theory cashing in his money in the bank. I like they followed that up on Raw. Actually, I like that they did. Oh stuff yeah, he with looked it. angry. Yeah, as as you blinking would be, and I bet that's some shoot anger from him that they've made him do that as well. Uh, we'll start with James. Uh, James says, hi, guys. Uh, this isn't ruining the money in the bank gimmick, which is what we asked. It's just a new regime continuing its gradual takeover. And whatever happens, it's not as bad as Damien Sandow's cash in. I don't Bless know. Bless Damien Sandow. Do you... Bless Damien. Is that the I worst cash in ever? No, Austin Theories is the worst ever. I will all... I... He didn't even go for the top title. I can't... I will never, ever, ever, ever ever till the day I die fathom why he didn't go for the universal title 
I'm going to say the worst cash-in ever is Kane on Rey Mysterio from back when, where they did the Money in the Bank pay-per-view as they did it as, I think it was like the first time it had been a standalone show uh, where you had a Raw and a SmackDown version. I think I'm right in saying. But, but somehow Kane got the title on the night and he cashed in on Rey Mysterio and he just won it there and then. Yeah, but at least he won. It didn't ruin Kane. I mean, Glenn Jacobs is ruining Kane now. We will not get into that. But oh my God, what a tit. Um, that's the nicest word I'm allowed to say. That's the worst word I can say on RPG podcast yes. about him. Um, but yeah, just awesome theory. Just the US title. I don't understand. I'll never, I would love to ask Triple H that. Honestly, I love Triple H. He's my second favourite wrestler ever. But right now, honestly, if I could sit him down in a room and ask him one question, I honestly think it would either be, why have you stolen my look with your bald head? All right. Or why did you choose to do it on the US title? And then he would say, aren't you the guy that cut yourself open in the warm-up? And you'd say, hey, I'm asking the questions here, Hunter. (laughs) You'd say, point taken, Triple H, I'll see myself out. I just, I, it will always confuse me is what I'm saying. I, I, I think that will always be why it was the worst because it was just so stupid. Darren says Theory was Vince's project, not Triple H's. I would have had Theory take the NXT championship, at least that feels like a world belt, as the US and the IC titles just undermine the goal of what the money in the bank is about, which is essentially... Oh, Darren, where did you get that idea from? Yeah, it... it, it this is Sorry, the thing. I'm now attacking our listeners. I'm now attacking our listeners. He's gone heel. I agree. Great idea. I also had the same one. Brilliant. That is what I would have done. It, it's just bonkers. I mean, whatever whatever you... What you can't get past is how stupid it is to not do it for a world title. You can accomplish every storyline goal you want. Just have it be for the world title. Um, Carla, uh, talking about the Usos versus New Day, says, uh, by the by, I love how Sammy has morphed into a baby face. And if he doesn't get a big match at WrestleMania, I will be disappointed. Is it wrong that I expect him to win the Royal Rumble? Mm, what do we think? Right now, gun to my head, there isn't a better option. She says, um, uh, by the way, she I- says, I kind of hope he wins the Rumble, but that is dreaming. Just imagine that storyline. Imagine, imagine the roar after where Sammy's all excited and just has to meet Roman. What if Sammy, is there a situation where Sammy can accidentally win the Rumble? 100%, 100%. That would be so good. If if you can get there, He's trying to get to the end and work, he's trying to work out who the best person for Roman to face is. And then somehow he accidentally eliminates them. Yeah. And, and not in a comedy Santino Morella, whoops, he's almost won the Rumble. But if there's storyline there and, and there's storyline in Sammy going, I don't know, to Triple H and trying to get himself out of that title opportunity and, and you know, Triple H saying, no, you've got it. You've you got to face him. Like there is, I don't know, there's so much story in this bloodline thing still to go. Yeah, and that's the amazing thing. We've been going almost two years with this now, and there's still so many possibilities. And I've said it before, I thought adding Sami Zayn to the bloodline was the weirdest choice ever. It was. And it's been the best thing they've done. And I don't know if it was Sami's idea, Romans, someone in creative, whoever it was, a round of applause from me, which is, I know why you do it. It's just been sensational. And this is why I always think we need to reserve some judgment on what's going on in wrestling. So at the start, when we're talking about, oh, we wouldn't do this with the elite, let's reserve... 
a little bit of judgment. Let's allow ourselves to be uh, to be entertained and let it play out. Uh, final one before we do earning the push and back to developmental. I noticed this week it's been ten years of the shield. 10 years since they debuted at Survivor Series and took out Ryback and powerbombed him through a table. Remarkable that these three men have been around for 10 years. And have there been three men who have done more to change the industry in terms of coming in at the same time as a group? I think in the last 10 years, there are not three more influential in-ring stars in wrestling at all. Especially if you look with what, Moxley's done across an AW as well. Yes. Um, I don't know if a stable has ever, ever gotten three unknowns over the way it did. It was not like anything we'd ever seen. It was just, and I remember, I hated them when they battered The Undertaker. I, because I remember they'd gone undefeated. I was like, well, they're not going to do that. I was like, The Undertaker will finish him off. He's Undertaker. And then they just laid him out. And they laid just, out the rock, mate. They laid out yeah, the they rock. Laid out everyone. And they were backed to the hills by creative. They were given every chance to get over. And they just grabbed it with both hands. And one of the greatest turns in wrestling history is Seth on the shield. Because no one saw it coming. So, of course, we should have. And they did that classic, that, that, that perfect thing of do it when we don't want it. No one was ready for the shield to break up. No one. No one was saying, oh, it might be time. It might be time. And then making, and then that made Seth. And yes, we had the issues with Roman for the next three or four years coming out of it. But without the shield, we don't get this Roman. No. Without the shield, we don't get the brilliant years of Seth. Without the shield, we don't get Mox being the face of AEW. So without the shield in their little polo necks, we don't get the next 10 years of wrestling. I don't think you can over-exaggerate how important that faction is. Well, well, like the way I look at it is, what if you take one part out? Let's say it's not Roman Reigns, who's the third man, but Cassius Ono, or it's not Seth Rollins, but someone else. That doesn't work unless all three parts are there. And actually, all three parts, they're not working against each other because you've got to believe all three of these men have huge egos and they're wanting to be the guy in wrestling. And yet they just sensational. Just I, I think it was the um, the Rhodes brothers, Cody and Dustin, who who got that pinfall victory over them to win the tag, to win their careers back or something. And I remember the first time they were beaten, it felt huge. They built them to that level. And uh, I, ju- I just think extraordinary. And I don't think we'll ever see them back on the same show at the same time. Never say never, but wow, what a run they gave us. They were unbelievable. And yes, their their reuniting wasn't what we would have hoped for a number of reasons. The booking and then obviously very sadly, Roman's leukemia, hideously. Mm. But that first generation shield, and if you're a newer wrestling fan, listen to this and you didn't get to watch it at that time, go back and watch bits of the shield when they came in because they were just phenomenal. Um, yeah, they were brilliant to watch at the time, amazing fun. And what they've done now, still 10 years later, we are still reaping the rewards of the Shield. Yeah, go and watch their matches with the Wyatt family. Go and watch oh. their matches with um, Team Hell No. And I forget who the third man was at that TLC when they had their very first match with them. 
Um, may have been Ryback, could be wrong on that, but yeah. it's it, it just extraordinary what they're able to do together individually. Ten years of the Shield, it'll be a long time since we see until we see anyone as good as that. Now, let's do everyone's favourite part of the show, earning the push back to developmental. Something from everyday life we love that gets pushed to the moon, something we really don't like that gets sent to developmental. Uh, first or second, Charlie? I'll go first this week. Go for it. Um, both mine are sport-related. Okay. Back to developmental. Mm-hmm is Max Verstappen this week. <laughs> I was so close to messaging you in the week saying, I know what yours is going to be. Because you went, baby boy, a little bit viral this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you my stats. Okay. Because I'm still, literally, 32 minutes ago, I got my latest like on it. Now, for those so who does, don't know, yeah, you tell the story. Yeah. Long story short, and it is a long story, but... Um, Max Verstappen drives for Red Bull. Max Verstappen is already world champion in the F1 with 12,000 races to go. He's dominated this year. Yep. Sergio Perez, checker, to those, to those of us who know him, uh, <laughs> his teammate is fighting out with Charles Leclerc for second place. Okay? Red Bull, the team they race for, let Max go past Sergio Perez to try and get in front of Alonso to get Sergio in front of Alonso, because Max is going quicker than Sergio, but then the plan is to let Sergio go back in front of Max on the final lap to get as many points as he can to hopefully finish above Charles Leclerc in second. They've got one race left after this week. Mm-hmm. So Max Verstappen doesn't get past Fernando Alonso, which is fine. So on the last lap, you hear on Red Bull's radio, Max let Sergio back three times. You hear on Sergio's radio, Sergio, Max is going to let you come past on the home straight. Max Verstappen, does not let him go past. They then the, the um his guy on the radio goes, Max, what happened? <laughs> As if like something awful had happened. And Max Verstappen just goes, I've told you not to ask me to do this before. I explained my reasons. Never ask me again. Are we clear? As if they were in the wrong. <laughs> And he does all this, I should say, while travelling at probably 100 miles an hour and 90 miles. sass he's giving. Yeah. And bless, and some background as well. Sergio Perez, there's a list you can find it online. There's about 12 times he has sacrificed points for himself last year to help Max Verstappen win the World Championship. Without Sergio Perez, Max Verstappen doesn't win the World Championship last year. He finishes behind Hamilton. So then Sergio Perez on the radio goes, well, that's great. Thanks, guys. That shows who he really is. And I was like, oh, damn. My biggest issue is I'm a big man for no one's bigger than the team. Yes. Max Verstappen has just completely, completely ignored team order. So I tweeted, if I was Christian Horner, who's the boss at Red Bull, I cannot tell you how angry I'd be with Max Verstappen right now. I don't care who you are or what you've done. You aren't bigger than the team. Well, I blew up. F1 fans have opinions is what I learned. Can I just say as well, you didn't hashtag it. You nope. didn't You didn't do it in any, you weren't looking for the attention. Yeah. You just, so what are we on? What just, are you? So, so I've got 3,165 followers, okay? Yes. This tweet got 382 replies, 809 retweets, and 14,500 likes. <laughs> Which beats your previous best tweet, which I think was about John Cena at WrestleMania. Yeah, but that's still my favourite. That one stays pinned because it's wrestling related. Yeah, but so, that... yeah, so, but honestly, if I was Sergio Perez, I would have got out of that car and punched him square in his little smug face. I don't have opinions, as you know. I'm contractually obliged not to. I did think it was remarkable when all this went down and then essentially Red Bull, I think yesterday, th- uh, we were recording on Friday, or Thursday, put out a statement saying, um, we've spoken to Max 
and we, we we understand his reasoning and we shouldn't have put Max in we we shouldn't have put Max in that position honestly I read that yesterday I was like oh my god this kid has got the whole team playing to his tune and fair play to him he's getting paid millions and gazillions of pounds he's living his dream he's disobeying team orders at least on the surface and then he's going yeah I, i've done it and they've gone sorry max sorry sorry max max so sorry sorry max that's so rude of us mm. honestly so that's my bad developmental i and it's so big one of my best mates is a huge f1 fan he's a huge max fan and he texted me after it and went i can't support max anymore he said i cannot support max anymore after that does does it okay i i know your answer is going to be no let me play devil's advocate here is there not a little part of you that respects the chutzpah and the, the arrogance and the not, will to not, win if he was still if there was any chance he couldn't win the world championship yeah 100% get it it's won it's done he's not chasing a points it's like it's not like he was chasing a points total to win like the most points ever and it's not as if he was going to win the race to get another race win they're the only ones that he finished fifth yeah like but he'd have, finished, he'd have finished. He'd have finished. sixth if he if he hadn't. Oh, well, that explains it. Eh? I, I'm uh, just I'm just teasing. <laughs> I I know I know how you feel, and like, I don't disagree. Um, so and Max Verstappen, it will be gutted to hear he's been yeah, sent back to developmental this weekend with Abu Dhabi, <laughs> uh, and earning the push are the Red Roses, oh. England Women Rugby Union team. Uh, obviously, I have my links with with my sister being one of them. She didn't go to the World Cup, unfortunately, but. They lost the World Cup final in some of the most heartbreaking circumstances I've ever seen uh, on Saturday morning. I was up at six watching it. Um, I won't bore you with the details, but just heartbreaking loss. But what they've done in the last five weeks for women's rugby and women's sport in this country, I've never seen the country get so behind women's sport as they have this year with the Lionesses and now the Red Roses. And I just think women's sport finally is starting to get the respect it deserves and I just wanted to give a big push to all those. I know a lot of them personally, and I've spoken to them. I know how, I know what it's like to lose. I know what it's like to lose a World Cup final. I've lost an under-20s junior World Cup final. I don't know what it's like to lose a senior full-blown World Cup final in front of 40,000 people half around the world away from your families. It must have been a very, very tough 24, 40 hours. And that 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 stays you for a long time, losing games like that. So I just want to give them a push, but also just a big hug to them all. Yeah. Like, and a massive well done because what they've done is they've laid the foundations for the, tw in 2025, the Women's Rugby Union World Cup is in England. Mm. And the RFU's aim is to sell out Twickenham for the final. That's 82,000 people. And I don't think that's ridiculous. I, I think we'll see it. And I also think, like, I've never, it will surprise no one to know, I've never been in that situation. I imagine that you feel like you have let people down. They've let no one down you in sport you have to have a winner and you have to have a loser that is the way it is but you have let no one down by getting to the final playing your hearts out for for 80 minutes doing it down to 14 players um yep. and and also the 15th player who was sent off is going to be feeling all sorts of things as well they have not let anyone down it is just sport and they have been magnificent representatives not of women's rugby but of rugby period and how you should conduct yourself so i would absolutely agree with you on that they are absolutely amazing um shall i do mine yes please back to developmental is winter in the garden it's rubbish yes oh my god i had it last friday I had to do, you know, the last the last mow of the lawn for winter where you've 
You've let it go a little bit too long, and it was a nightmare. Terrible, terrible time in the garden. You grow things, they come up, they instantly get battered by the wind and the rain, and they die. Leaves everywhere. Yes, you can get some colour in it, but winter in the garden is going back to developmental. And my earning the push, I think, I'm going back and forth on this, but I think I'm going with this, is the crown. For how... Ooh, okay. for, For how terrible, in my opinion... It is as a show. Right. So, so I've never watched it. Right. I know the latest series is out because I was in the bedroom the other day, <laughs> I think doing the washing. Yeah. And I heard from our study. So my better half has an incredible talent to be able to do two things at once. She right. can work and have like background telly on. I can't do it. I get too invested in what's on the telly. Yeah. And I heard from the office what could only be described as absolute filth and porn. Right. I was like, is she listening to like a Fifty Shades of Grey and forgotten she hasn't got her headphones in? I was like, what is going on? So what, though, what she was doing, she was watching the latest series of The Crown, yeah. and it's when Charles and Camilla's letters are oh, yes. released publicly. Yeah. But I was just so confused with what was happening. That's been my experience with The Crown the last week. What I can't deal with is the exposition. And for people who don't know what exposition means, it's the bit in a script where they have to tell you things to move the story along. The amount of it in The Crown is absolutely jaw-clenchingly terrible. So it, it, it someone will sit, and, and no one talks like this in real life, so they'll say something like, so Charles and Diana, you really want to divorce? Don't you know what divorce did to our family, like with King Henry VIII when he divorced his two? It's it's that level of, of like, exposition. And Charles goes... No, I'd rather behead her like Henry did. It, it, it's it's a tro- There's one bit where um, they're talking about Boris Yeltsin, the former Russian president. He wants a state visit, and the Queen has to say to him, before we can discuss this, we must talk about the Romanovs, who, as you know, were my great-grandmother's cousins who were executed by Russians in World War One. And you're thinking, jeez, Louis, no one to... Like, find a subtler way to tell yes. that story. I mean, it was WWE hit you over the head with a hammer level of storytelling. But it's so bad, I now can unsee or unhear that exposition. So I think so bad because it's good. And look, they're doing fine without my endorsement. The crown has to go uh, get the push for me, I think. I always wonder how much censorship the royal family have over it. None. Do you think? No, because they, they say at the start of it, look, this is this is uh, elements are true, but mostly this is fiction. And there are some bits which just didn't happen and they're just guessing. with Like, like when the Queen had superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> What I will say is the woman who plays Diana, I don't know her name, is extraordinary. She is extraordinarily good. You believe it's her. So, look, that is enough of all the non-wrestling stuff. Let's bring it back to wrestling. Uh, Charlie, full gear this weekend. I'm going to push you on this. Does CM Punk appear? I say yes, sir, he does. I say nay, sir, he does not. Okay, well, on that note, we will know by this time next week. Your opinion's always welcome and encouraged. He is Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I'm Jack underscore Merley. Rate if, tw- uh, if Twitter's still around. Yes. We, Twitter might not be here anymore. So if you don't find us there, we'll have to find a new way for you to contact us. You'll have to find us on Instagram or we'll give out our addresses and you can come you post. Slide. Oh, imagine if we start getting postcards. Oh. Letters on a, answers on a postcard, please. We'll have to go old school. We'll have to, everything old is new again. We'll have to say rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and uh, send free 
post. And fax us. Fax us your thoughts. You joke, but the way the world is at the moment. Anyway, look, you will find a way to give your opinions and let other wrestling fans know about what we do. But for now, on behalf of Charlie and myself, we are out of time. We'll see you again on Earning the Push next week. But until then, goodbye.